Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, phone lines. We're going to keep them open, so if you want to get in here, you can. 8150 939 3831 939 for the UPS jobs text line. Uh, had Jeff Walls on the show yesterday mm-hmm. uh, and asked him ab- about Sam Purcell and his uh, relative level of enjoyment of Sam notching a very big win over LSU. And Rick Bozich has a, uh, a story on WDRB now uh, about how Sam had promised his girls if we beat LSU, I will get us a pool. And that uh, Jeff has already uh, gone to work. And seeing that said pool was is being delivered uh, to Sam Purcell, and I love every bit of that. It was a kiddie pool that Jeff bought for him, Smart. which is incredible. <laughs> but yeah, man, it Sam Purcell's done great work at Mississippi State in a season and a half, you know, season and two thirds. Uh, they're seventeen and five right now, I think, if I if I remember that right. Uh, big signature victory, obviously against LSU, and they should be in a good position uh, heading into the tournament this year, and. and He's ready to make noise, man. He is an impressive dude. If you ever met him, he's 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 a salesman for his program, just like uh, just like his old bosses, and just a really personable guy, um, and extremely passionate about women's basketball. And I know they love him down in in Starkville. Um, but man, whenever and hopefully years in the future, Jeff decides to move on, you know, retire. That's the Jeff Brom. That's the call. That's Jeff Brom. That's the call. Bring Sam home. That's right. (laughs) To me, that's the call. (laughs) He is a character. uh, And we'll see what he does in the meantime. You know, because hopefully this is years from now. But I have a feeling he's going to make a serious mark in the SEC. I'm not surprised he's being successful uh, in the least. Uh, He is one of the most uh, astute film Mm -hmm. breaker downers I've ever seen. Uh, I was almost overwhelmed, you know, by the stuff that he picks out. Yeah. Uh, and the times where I've had a chance to just sort of observe him doing that, not surprised that he's doing uh, extremely well down there. Yeah. No, not at all. Anybody who's met him, I think, isn't surprised by this. Um, he's he's really taken this opportunity and ran with it. SEC is a strong, strong basketball women's basketball conference, and he's uh, he's doing well. I think they're four and three in conference right now, at seventeen and five overall, um, with several chances to get key wins coming up in the next uh, next few weeks and i look forward to seeing what he can do in the tournament this year 
So of note uh, today, you know, we mentioned yesterday, Pat Forty's report that the NCAA is investigating Tennessee, uh, and there have been a slew of, of reports lately on the NCAA getting involved in investigating schools and the use of NIL in recruiting, which they, I think, tried to tell us all shouldn't happen and isn't the point of NIL, and we all knew this is exactly what would happen. And we've heard now uh, Florida State got in trouble. Florida's being investigated for the whole Jaden Rashada thing, and now uh, Tennessee is being investigated for its, uh, in particular, its its recruitment, use of like a private plane and trying to recruit uh, the, uh, the five-star quarterback. I'm not even going to try to say his name. That's one of those last names I'm not learning unless you're coming here. Uh, <laughs> I'm just that's being fair. totally. Everybody has to have a, 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 a line in the it. sand, you <laughs> yeah, know, where it's like, I do it. all right. I still call DJ DJ ukulele because I'm just not <laughs> learning that. <laughs> Maybe we'll call him that. He's a Florida State. Let's call him DJ U. That's, no, that's, that's the easiest. That's a nickname. Just call him that. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, rather than roll over, we read you yesterday uh, the. Uh, feisty letter from the president of the University of Tennessee basically telling the NCAA to kick rocks mm-hmm. uh, specifying the rocks and where they can find them and why Chancellor can... Donde Plowman <laughs> which is a great name it's, it's so it sounds good. like an auto-generated name yes yeah, like it's that's like a that's a but like a Simpsons character what is this <laughs> yes you're right Plowman uh, but rather Mr. than Plow. rolling over for that uh, the attorneys general in the states of Tennessee and Virginia just decided to sue the NCAA instead uh, and have taken them to federal court challenging uh, the NCAA's right uh, in federal court in the eastern district of Tennessee challenging their ban on using NIL in high school recruiting, in particular, uh, it, not allowing athletes to sign these deals or to be involved in it before they are actually student athletes at the school, which is something I think we all know is happening already anyway. And rather than defend it, they're just taking the NCAA to court saying, we don't really think you have the right to over oversee this anyway. Uh, Tennessee's attorney general said student athletes are entitled to rules that are clear and rules that are fair. College sports wouldn't exist without college athletes. Those student athletes shouldn't be left behind while everybody else involved prospers. I don't think that's what's happening, but whatever. The NCAA's restraints on prospective student athletes' ability to meaningfully negotiate NIL deals violates federal antitrust law. Only Congress has the power to impose such limits. It really does seem like, Dave, we've gone full circle to instead of, well, whatever they say, let's just roll over to, I don't care what you say, I'll take my chances in court with everything. I'll see you in court. Because everything. NCAA doesn't win in court. Not really. No, they do not. No. And this is just, uh, it seemed inevitable, and I think it's another symptom or another sign of like the, the sloppy rollout where basically the NCAA was behind and saw the writing on the wall too late when they could have done this 15, 20 years ago um, than when they were first sued. They could have done something about it. You know, and, and lawsuits are 25 years old, you know, 23 years old that it started that, you know, players were suing for, uh, for uh, proceeds from video games and merch and everything else. You know, they could have seen this coming. Instead, they, they sort of uh, buried their heads in the sand and 
put it off until they had the, the Rice Commission and everything else. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess it's going to happen. And then that's when the the walls started caving in on them. You know, when the, the lawsuits started flying and, and court orders and everything else. And they're just, they were left kind of catching up. The same thing happened with this portal case. You know, where it's like, well, if we're allowed to do it once, you know, why can't we do it twice? And all of a sudden, uh, the NCAA was exposed, and they were still saying, well, if you do it, if you transfer again when you've been ruled you know, ineligible to do that during this open period because these cases are pending, you know, then we're gonna, it doesn't mean we're not going to pressure uh, punish you later. You know, all these, these kind of empty threats that they're making, um, they just seem like total paper tigers at this point. Same thing's happening with this, where they've tried to hastily throw up, you know, uh, uh, railings, uh, side rails on, on NIL and, and try to limit things when they've already admitted that they should be allowed to operate in the free market. But then they're like, well, not that free. Not yet. Not that time. You can't use those things directly. And if the whole thing is just, it's a mess. Because once you, once you, you acknowledge that they're worth this much money, it's really hard to, to say anything else at that point. Well, yeah. Why would you be able to limit when and, and how much I can make? Like that, that's, that's the next question, if you acknowledge how much the players are worth. Well, it, it, right, and it's the NCAA has always wanted the res- like structurally restricted financial elements f- for the players only. Yeah. With no one else having any. And we are used to seeing those things in other leagues in professional sports leagues but those things exist and are allowed to exist because there are negotiated collective bargaining agreements with players unions these players are unions and that the the leagues get their various pay and restrictions that are allowed because they're negotiated with the players exactly. and there's give and there's take and what the NCAA has done is just take from from day one the whole model has been we're going to put all of these restrictions on and we're going to negotiate nothing we're just going to announce them and i don't know why it took as long as it did but we've gotten to the place now where people are like i'm not okay with that yeah and i'm not going to just play along believing that it makes it somehow morally superior and I, i thought john gassaway had a funny thing the other day uh, people freak out when talking about making them employees or professionals or whatever. And he's like, no one is ever like, you need to go in there and act like an amateur. Right. You know, the, that place, I'll tell you what, man, that really, really, really known for their amateurism. No. Like, prof- in every other context on It's really Earth, amateur hour in there. Yeah. And that's never a compliment. No. Never. Never. Because somehow we've let it be with college sports only that, like, professional yeah. is bad. Real dog and pony show. In yes. So this this is a um, a quote from from Chancellor Plowman. Vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and guidance about name, image, and likeness has created extraordinary chaos that student athletes and institutions are struggling to navigate. Plowman said. In short, the NCAA is failing. Now I've said from the beginning of this that this is going to end in collective bargaining of some some type and i think most people are are coming around to that i think that's going to happen at some point because you can't have one entity like you said basically setting guidelines and rules without any kind of a negotiated uh contract or conversation like it's it's uh it's going to end up that way i think 
Yeah, they're going to lose it again. Oh, they're definitely going to lose. It's just a matter of I mean, Kavanaugh was like, please visit us again next time you have an issue. We would like to do this again. I think Tennessee showed up. We'll finish the job next time. Please come back. Right. And Virginia was like, no, I'll throw in on that. (laughs) This was a Tennessee issue, and Virginia was like, we're in. I mean, you know what? You might see Kentucky or North Carolina throw in now. Who knows? Just the movement will grow out of Appalachia. Okay, we'll do what we got to do. <laughs> Damn right we will. 8150-939, that's uh, the number. So look, if it either they're going to negotiate their way out of that, you know, and settle that in in a meaningful way, uh, or we're going to get the federal government just reaching in and again, a court or whatever, just reaching in and being like, "You can't do the the, the super one-sided thing anymore. We don't let this happen anywhere else and we're not going to let it happen with you either." The um unless you just you just don't have the means. I don't know why anybody would settle with the NCAA before going to court. There's a really good chance you can get everything that you want. Yeah, you're right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's right. no incentive to settle. They suck at this. And this is like, but more than anything, every single court loss for me has been vindication that their entire model was BS from day one. What? That's the point. It's so yeah. un American. That's the whole point is that in. Every other facet of society, we embrace capitalism and capitalism and competition and getting the most money you can is a virtue, except for college sports. That's why it was such a tenuous situation and why I don't, I get that people, like, well, I don't like it as much now because of this, that, and this. Well, too bad because it was, it was an unfair system before. Nobody else does it this way. Learn, like, the, Look into the club system and everything in Europe. Like they don't athletic like scholastic sports, intercollegiate sports are are extremely amateur in England and other places because all of the professional sports that are worth a damn have developmental clubs. And that's where the best prospects go. They didn't create this weird Frankenstein student. Yes, thing. where like right. they get free, you know, development from high school and, and clubs in or in colleges and everything else, a free farm system. Or kids that are willing to to pay for tuition and that's not or play for tuition and that's not saying that tuition and room and board is nothing but it's nothing compared to what the money they're bringing in and the actual worth they have to to these universities at least the vast majority like the football players the basketball players everything else it's and everyone else should have the opportunity to take advantage of nil well, as well, well there that and i i really think that that in the end when we get to a the other side of all of this, where there's just really, I think, a very different model, uh, we're going to look back on the period of time where the old amateur rules were still really in place, but that the conferences, the administrators, and the coaches all went nuts for money without thinking about how completely contradictory it was. Mm-hmm. To be, you know, To be on the one hand, I get half a million dollars if y'all go to class you get nothing yeah you know like that sort of thing uh you know, coordinators making six seven figures you know all of that that sort of thing and, and no one even thinking twice about it like there's 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 no way that was ever going to stand up and it yeah, was like, short-sightedness co- on their part teams joining conferences across the country you know to sure. get billions and billions of dollars in windfall like it, it's everything can't be about money except for the guys playing the game that doesn't work Let's get uh, Bob in here, who has been waiting. Bob, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive on Ninth Avenue. What's up? Oh, hello, guys. Um, uh, 
my first co- I was gonna, I'm going to talk about USL basketball, sure. but to talk about this uh, NIL and the lawsuits, what you all were saying, it, it, it's so crazy that the, for years the NCAA, you know, uh, looked the other way, but they were strong arming uh, these kids with these crazy and schools with these crazy rules, and now it's just a free for all. I mean, uh, take you know, take the the look at uh, Trenton Flowers. He gets a car to come to Louisville. He gets a bunch of what you know, what was it like a hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to come play, and then he decides he's going to play pro uh, ball in Australia, and he doesn't have to give back the car. He doesn't have to pay back the money, and. You know the U of L is just up a creek without without a paddle on that. You can't return that to get that money if you're a school and you say, okay, you put in uh, in the contract uh, with the player that you know you have to pay this stuff back. The schools aren't going to do that because that's a negotiating point. They say, hey, don't worry about it. We'll give you this car. We'll give this money. Just come to, you know. Uh, U of L or, or or whoever, so it, it's just become a free for all. Um, now about U of L basketball last sure. night, I, I'm I'm happy that that Kenny is happy and proud of this team uh, for actually playing basketball after the first half of a game where they were already down by 24, but um, they still lost. And then number two. They had zero assists in that game until they decided to play in the second half. And so they have a grand total of four assists the entire game. The Clemson's, I, I look, 14 assists. And, and that, that's happened, the, you know, in most of the games. They, the, the guys don't pass the ball. Uh, so... Uh, I'm just going to be so happy in March or April when this whole thing is ended. Um, I do have a question for you. Ethan Moore in his um, after game, uh, you know, call in mm-hmm. last night, he mentioned uh, that he, he, he said he confirmed that there is mutual interest between Louisville and. Um, uh, the Eric Musselman, the must bus. Okay. Uh, you know, it, I mean, did you all heard that, or, or you know, what what do you all think? You know, you're going to be getting it from here on out. Sure. <laughs> uh, about coaches and stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, what what do you all think about that? Yep, I appreciate uh, that. I saw just full disclosure. I did not. Thank you for the call, Bob. I did not uh, hear Ethan's comments. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has uh, either. Uh, I don't know if he was just, you know, if he's indiv- independently sort of figured something out or, you know, learned something, or if it was based off of maybe Trilly Donovan's tweet. Well, Ty Spalding was on his show on okay. Global Sports Live the other day, and he had mentioned that he heard um, or he had talked to somebody from Arkansas, uh, one of the people that covered the team, and he, he, he seemed to get the sense that there was uh, – that Musselman was becoming uneasy as he does at these stops after a couple of years. Uh, so I would say the initial drop of that I would I would attribute to Ty Spalding. But if Eric, if uh, excuse me, if Ethan has confirmed that there's been mutual interest, I would say he's probably digging a little deeper. 
So, but I had heard that's where I first heard the connections between like actual connection or, or the two mentioned in the same name. The first time I'd heard that was or in the same sentence. The first time I'd heard that was with Ty. Look, I've heard, I've heard similar things. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was the Trilly Donovan tweet that included Musselman. Uh, had Mick grown and blacked out this time. No. Correct. Uh, in a vacuum, like Musselman would not be my number one choice. But I agree with he, that. He, I would have no reservations about him other than he seems to sort of burn through places real quick. Yeah. But I, I'm not of the opinion that you aim for someone who will stay a long time. You hope to. But I don't think that that can be one of the things you're looking for. Because in my experience, when you look for someone that you want to stay for a long time, that you, you can't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> right. But when you do that, you're, you're basically saying, well, who doesn't have ambitions? <laughs> who, like, and sometimes you aim a little well, lower. Like, like, who can I, who's going to be just good enough? Right. Whereas, like, <laughs> even though basketball is different than football for yeah. us, and we got a unique candidate for football this time where we don't really have to worry about that every year. Uh, but basketball, we expect to be the destination. So I think when you talk about somebody who wants to be here a long time, you're talking about a different type of thing, you know, and, and the only reservation might be, like you said, Musselman seems to move on even if he's in a, a good spot. I don't know if that would change him. You know what I mean? Just being at a top 10 job, I don't know if that's going to be enough for him to stay a long time, but I think right now people want the best coach we can get, you yeah. know, that, you know, that checks the boxes and will get us get us going forward you know and, and, and i have no doubts he would be successful here. yeah i think i think he's on the short list for me he's not number one but he's on that short list um and you, you know, know the, i don't really have a ranked list no i've got names I, that when you tell when you say yeah, something I've to me a, i'm like a, it's there i've got a cluster yeah you know of guys that i would be just about equally pleased with the only one that's head and shoulders above everybody else is scott drew same but it's just a question of whether he's willing to leave baylor or not uh to address uh bob's first point we know the money's not coming from schools directly right, right now. It's coming from collectives and businesses. And I will tell you this, that if they're entering into these big money agreements, say if a kid gets $300,000 or $400,000, they're not giving that to them up front. Right. They're, it's a contract, and there will be payments. You know, And if you leave after a certain amount of time, the way, like the Flowers said, uh, Trenton and his dad, that he had fulfilled his obligations for the money that he had received. Is what they said. So I'm assuming that probably covered the car. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't know the inside and outside. But I think uh, he was paid fifty or fifty-five thousand dollars. I think is the number that was thrown around a little bit. So he got the first installment, you know. But it's it's not a situation where they can take nil deals from like four different places and not go there. You know what I mean? Or 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 take advantage. There are protections in place. I don't know what exactly what the contracts look like from these collectives and especially from businesses. You know, they're always if they're compensating somebody, they're always going to enter into some kind of a contract. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. Uh, and they've there I agree with you. I've been told similar things that uh collectives have all kind of learned because they do talk to each other uh just because it's also brand new. Yeah. That there is and has been a concerted effort on everyone's parts to structure these things in such a way that you don't just have someone sort of get their money in dash uh because no yeah. one's going to support that exactly like the, the the system would would crumble quickly you know that, that that's just not how it's going to work let's get jeff in here next jeff welcome into the drive on the thunderbell what's up bud hey guys good afternoon i tell you what that, 
the NCAA and this NIL deal and the stuff with Tennessee, it's the dumbest thing ever because, you know, they left it up to the states to figure out what could or couldn't happen, and now they're trying to get their hands in there and control what's going on. These clowns up in Indianapolis, I mean, you know, 25 years ago there was this big shift with TV stuff and things that went and happened where, you know, the highest-paid state official in every state right now is the men's basketball or the men's football coach at a university. And, you know, they could care less that you get a coach making $12 million a year, a governor making 250 You know, now they're mad that these players are getting enticed by money from people, but it doesn't have anything to do with the school. You know, and so now they're trying to come into the school and sanction the school. You know, if if I want to take, you know, my auto parts business and, you know, if some guy's got a last name of, you know, flux capacitor or something and I want to, you know, market him or whatever, <laughs> I'd give him whatever I want. You know, <laughs> and the NCAA want to come in and do stuff about it. I dare them to do that when there's a business involved, you know, especially if you look at, like, Dr. Pepper or somebody like that. Do you think they're going to win there? No. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, if... <laughs> Back in the day, there was a kid that played. I can't remember if he played for Auburn or he might have played for Tennessee. I can't remember. But the kid's mom died. And his coach bought him a tie and a jacket to go to his mom's funeral. And they they flew him up there. And the NCAA tried to call an infraction on it, you know, saying the kid was ineligible because he received improper benefits and they were going to suspend the coach. Somebody filed a lawsuit against the NCAA, and they flipped on their heads on that so fast just because of the optics of it. I mean, they're ridiculous on the stuff that they want to pursue to try and, you know, kind of muscle that in there with the amateurism and stuff. But this NIL thing, as soon as they let that out the bag, I mean, what do they think was going to happen? I mean, if I'm a fan of the University of Louisville and I was a billionaire and I wanted to go to the top 100 recruits in the country and tell them all, you know what, I'm going to give each one of you $25 million to come to Louisville if you represent my business, just Bigfoot up your butt dot com, you know, whatever, that's gonna happen. Oh, but wait, you can't do certain things like gambling, alcohol, tobacco, things like that. But you know, it, it's the dumbest thing in the world. They're, I hope every school jumps in on this same lawsuit and just says, I dare you to do something. I mean, they can't do anything. You know, it's so dumb. I don't even know why they're responding, to be honest with you, but you know, it's the NCAA is over. I mean, yeah, yeah they're, they control, like, some of the governing rules and stuff. But financial-wise, as soon as this started, they were done. I mean, they can't control any of this stuff because there's nothing that they can prove because the money doesn't come from a school. And they can't even ask for the books. So, yeah. you know, screw them. <laughs> anyway, talk to you guys later. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you so much. Looking forward to the uh, prospectus and the business plan on footupyourbutt.com Jeff, or whatever that was. Footupyourbutt.com. <laughs> yes, that's right. Going to need to see what step two is there, you know, before step three Jeff profit. Flux capacitor. I like that too. Yeah. Jeff's a good dude. How about Doug Muffler, the new quarterback that we're getting in, you know? Doug Muffler. <laughs> <laughs> NIL possibilities there. We've already had, I actually did have a kicker with the last name Blew It. Uh, yeah. It's in the NFL now. And he was successful. He's <laughs> quite <right>. good. <laughs> quite good. Jake, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, Mark. Hey, hey Biscuit. Thank hey, you for taking my call. Uh, I'm going to try to make my point coherently, and I'm going to redirect back to 
basketball coaching search, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, I was listening to the podcast last night. Sometimes I, I'm a little late to the show. Uh, Appreciate that. And we were we were talking about I'm getting a coach that checks all the boxes, quote unquote. Sure. Personality enjoys being in the fishbowl. That hmm. is the Louisville basketball coach. Uh, style of play. Uh, obvious command over the program, also a proven winner. Here's the thing. That sounds like Rick Pitino. (laughs) It's sad that he's not coming through the door. And at the end of the day, I think it would behoove us to maybe set some of those things aside and remember that nobody cares about any of those things as long as there's W's in the win, in the, in the win loss column. You now Bobby Petrino was the biggest butt on the face of the earth, and but nobody cared as long as he was winning. And I think the same thing is going to be true of the basketball coach. And you know, we didn't really like Chris Mack, his style of play, his personality, and all that. But for for a while, he was winning. And nobody cared. And I just, I just want the best coach. I don't want to get caught up in this. He's got to be this. He's got to be that. He's got to be this. I just want, I just want a good basketball coach. And I, I don't want to get caught up in all that, all that other stuff. But guys, I love the show. I listen every day. Thank you, Jake. And uh, keep it up, guys. Yep, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I think it's fun. Like I think if you just gave people that sentence that he said there, I just want the best coach there should be fewer non-negotiables than than maybe you would think yeah uh but what people mean by that uh, are are still i think very 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 sure. different from person to person so he brought up chris mack and i think he's right when he was winning it was it was all good and it wasn't necessarily like he was a little abrasive but it was more like i think he didn't love the the, the public facing part of it and at some point it was going to it wasn't going to work, you know. Like I, I think that that's once it whether it was being new. Yeah, once we got to that point, you know, like he he did a great job at the first Louisville Live, and he had the you know the the starter jacket, and everybody went nuts about it, and it seemed like he understood it, but the pressure really got to him, I think, and and you know he made the staff moves whether he was forced to or not, you know, and and nothing was the same after that, and I just think that there was a non fit there that was going to rear its ugly head at some point. And that's what you're concerned about. Because if somebody doesn't love that part of the job, it's going to be really hard for them to win 30 games a year here. You know? I mean, that's the problem. Is that it's not that we want that, like, to satisfy us. It's that that's the job. You know? And and regardless of whether you want or don't want or don't need personally somebody that that makes appearances and and embraces that part of the job and, and, you know, is fiery or any of those things... It's this job will, will eat you alive if you can't handle those parts of it. Yeah, if and it's impossible for you to be successful in this job if you don't embrace those parts. Of course, if somebody came in here and won thirty games a year and was garbage with the media and was garbage with the public and all that stuff, like, but they kept winning thirty games a year, I think everybody would probably get over it. But it's we don't have evidence of somebody who can do that uh, here. I'll go one step further. The reason that we don't have any evidence of that is because they're not 
unrelated things. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah. They're not unrelated. The reason it's bad uh, for a coach to just ignore that part of the job or reject that part sure. of the job uh, is that it means they don't understand the job. It's not that like I'm getting fewer interviews. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I'm doing fine. And I haven't had Kenny on here since he got hired. Mm-hmm. And I won't. He won't. It's not won't. our it's not your decision, right? Right. And I don't live and die with it, right? Like it, it is what it is. I'll still work really hard and try to do the best show we can, all that sort of whatever. That's fine. I'm not losing. It just is what it is. He's losing. And the, the whole point of bringing all this up is like somebody who doesn't want to do that stuff, they're they don't understand the job. And they won't be successful. And I think that is what you were saying, especially about right. Chris Mack. Like at early on, it, it wasn't a thing. But like the minute things got the remotely uncomfortable, he melted down. And that attitude that had been there from the get-go did eventually cost him. Started to rear its ugly head a little and bit. And yeah. now think about it. It played, he uh, in, uh, inordinately, I think, sort of felt uh, a, a frustration with sort of criticism from the outside and that sort of thing. And you know what it made him do? not fire his assistants correctly. And then it ends up getting him suspended because of what he did. Like, all that stuff is related. It all goes together. And and here, I'll put it in a positive way. How do you convince anybody who has options NIL-wise that you're going to be the best option for them when you don't be even promoting anything? It's like the, the reason. So the, I'm agreeing with you. The reason yeah. that there's no examples of this sort of thing, they don't exist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah like they, they just, you're not going to see it. And even though we're in a unique position where we had two Hall of Famers that shepherded us into the modern era of college basketball, and they took up, what, 47 years between the two of them? 48 here at Louisville. Like it's, that's not insignificant. We haven't had to change coaches a lot until the last couple of years. Um, Maybe we were just that blessed that we got people that could handle this job, you know, and understood it. And Denny understood it from day one and kind of grew the job with him. Yeah. You know, and then and, and Rick understood the assignment from day one, even though he wasn't perfect. You know, he, he wasn't. And there was a lot of, obviously, there was personal issues that, that, that were the beginning of dragging the program down a little bit. And we, we don't have to re-litigate all that stuff, but he did understand the job. And I... I uh, I don't know who the next guy is, but that's why that part of it's important because I think the job will consume you otherwise. Tim, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Oh, not a whole lot. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, Tim? Hey, uh, yeah, I uh, I managed to watch the game last night, stay up and listen to Ethan, and, and somehow I missed the comment about uh, doing the right things and how unimportant it is. <laughs> and uh, If you're fighting... I mean, yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, like, just imagine if that was, like, any other industry or any other boss. Like, imagine if corporate called and you ran, like, the Outback Steakhouse and they wanted to know why the Yelp scores got, like, 10,000 zeros the day before. And you're like, oh, you should have seen how many tickets we cleared. I mean, I, it, it doesn't bother me that nobody got the right food and some people have peanut allergies and this, that, and the other. Our cooks were cooking so hard. Or even, like, another employee at the university – Imagine if you were like a professor and you're like, Mark worked so hard on that thesis paper. I mean, those were the 40 most well-written pages ever. I mean, I know it was supposed to be about microeconomics, and he wrote about which Big Mama's House movie was the best. But, I mean, he worked so hard. He stayed up late working on that thing. 
It was the yeah, first I mean, one. He, Everybody he could knows tell that. he put a lot of. I mean, that might be. That's the that. Every time I think we've hit rock bottom, like I find out that the what is it? The ceiling is the floor. <laughs> we just fall through the the to ceiling. another level. Like at this point, like I mean, I hate to say it, but like the people that were on board with like. Kenny's not capable of doing this job, we'll just say. I'm like, you know, maybe there was somebody smart on his side that's why he does move in silence. Because someone was, maybe it was, maybe that's Josh Jameson's job. He was kind of like Kenny's holdback guy for press conferences. Like, Kenny's like, I'm going to go in there to the press, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kind of like that guy that used to work for the Clemson defensive coordinator, and maybe that's been oh, a the, whole the get back yeah, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. He's like the get back guy from the press conference uh, because, I mean, that was that was the rock bottom of press conferences. But um, yeah, I just I don't know where we go from here. I don't know why I still watch the games. I don't know if it's just a gamble against them or what have you. But like. At this point, it is a car wreck, and I do want to see the cars pile up, and I don't know why. Um, maybe it's maybe it's one of the stages of grief, but um, I honestly think, too, Mark, that you guys should just roll that Miller Lite post-game music the next week on game day and just start a post-game show during the 3 o'clock hour and just have it whole be a whole bit. Just talk about what went wrong because – you're probably going to get it right. Talk about how we came back in the second half because you're probably going to get it right and just just have fun with it because that's where we're at. But uh, love it. Love the show. See you later, Bis Karen. <laughs> I like that, Bis Karen. That's got potential. It doesn't. It doesn't? Okay. Stop it. Fair enough. It Let's take a sure. quick break because we have not taken one uh, you guys this can hour. Call me Bis Karen if it makes you happy. <laughs> we'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back <laughs> on the drive on a tentacle. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Uh, I did appreciate uh, uh, the humor involved here uh, in the uh, the Bring Brom Home account. There, there being nothing to which he cannot. Uh, or that he will abstain from putting Mickis the pick on it, replying to the WDRB story about Rajon Rondo getting a stupid traffic cool. st- stop uh, arrest, Mickis the pick to that. That's how you know it's not serious. Right. <laughs> and also, does not actually play a role in any of the decisions that get made. 
But I, I feel can, like he I, flew that's too. the first one that's not dorky to me, though. It's at least he flew a little too close to the sun with Mecca's the pick, in my opinion. But you know, more power to him. Just like I think there's a lot of people that are kind of like, eh, this was fun when it was Brom. After it was clear well, we it could was get fun Brom. when he was like annoying about the thing we all wanted. We all wanted, and now everyone's <laughs> kind of like, nah, no, <laughs> like no, but mm, like, eh, yeah. there's just not the. You should have checked with us first. The Cronin Hive just isn't <laughs> quite as, as strong as you thought it was. You're not getting quite the uh, unanimous support that you, know you had we before. Should, you know what we should do? We need to f- uh, figure out a way to to put on. We need, like, sponsors, whatever. We need a Mark Blankenbaker arguing for Chris Beard versus the Bring Brom Home guy arguing for McCronin. And we'll all just listen and not root for either one of them. I like it. I like this idea. What about... Um, that's good radio. Is everybody going to get their own? Like, are we going to find somebody for everybody else and have like a primary well, debate? Well, the, <laughs> right, you know, all, right, twelve people being like, I don't know right. who any of you people are. But, Scott Drew ends up winning, and he's well, like, the, I don't even want the job. <laughs> the ch- the challenge is trying to come up with some kind of alliterative thing that works for every one of these guys, right? Or rhyming, alliterative or rhyming. Yeah, something. like Mick is the big guy. Like at least it has that going for it, but. Not all of them do. Try to th- I don't even. Tang, there's a lot of Jerome Tang. There's a lot of potential there. There was the right is right, but that's not happening. Tang gang, right? I'm all about that. Tang. I Must do like bus, that. Nice and easy. Must bus is easy. If you, if it can't be sloganized quickly, you got no chance. That's right. I just picked up the wrong phone line because I don't know what I'm doing. How about that? Harold, I answered that. Uh, I picked up the phone really, really hard. I thought, so it doesn't matter that I hit the wrong button when I was trying to pick it, uh, to bring you in, buddy. Hey, good afternoon. I'm about to take a seat in Pew's pew, and <laughs> you know, see see if we can get that going. Then everybody, everybody, forget forget Stew the, for forget the bus. Let's 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 have a seat in Pew's pew. I like um, that. That's great. You know, I think. Real quick, I think he's uh, he may need a change. You know, sometimes it just happens, right? And and I think that he's the kind of candidate that can come and uh, get us going in the right direction and keep us rolling, and could be one of those lifelong hires. Um, I think about him though in the same vein. I think about Chris Peterson, right? Who mm-hmm. Who was sort of underrated at Boise, but people were paying attention to him. And then he went to the University of Washington and did his thing. I mean, he retired, so hopefully, few wouldn't do something like that too soon. But um, really, I was calling, calling about last night's game and something Biscuit said earlier. It, it just reminded me, you know, talking about sense of urgency and the like. And I think about how we had Van Payne outplaying some of our end of the roster scholarship folks. And, you know, that bothered me. It bothers me that, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to pick on D'Lo, but it bothers me that in a game that tight, that you had no business being in, but you found yourself in, the, the coaching staff hadn't put the players in the, on the floor in the best position to take advantage of all of their fight, all of their hard work, all of their grit and determination. And so because the coaches didn't equip these players with the, with the um, roster management that was needed, when you, when you have a guy like Trey White, Trey White pop for 29, 
and nobody else scores in double digits. Yeah, that's a crying shame. That's a we average games. You get average games from folks, and so I know you all talk about whack a mole and uh, you know the prior to the Virginia game, it was all the offense, right? That was the rage, and that defense was atrocious, and and so. You know, the lack of consistency, in my mind, falls on coaching, too. And coaching is about the details. And so it is insulting to to say that, you know, you're not going to be mad about certain things because your team fought. You know, that, that's, not, that's not the business that we're in. It's definitely I mean, not the business again, he's in. Well, no, it, it is, right? Because he's a, he's, this is year one. After year zero, this is year one. And you know he has a he has a piece of paper that says he is hired by the university for I don't I don't know how long is his contract actually and <laughs> right like 20, so twenty two or twenty twenty eight okay so he got goodness so he has four more years he has four more right so in his mind if this is year one he still has four more years to to have this thing get right. And we all know, like, we all know that that's not the case. But just in, in his mind, based on what we're seeing and being told, right, there's, there's zero urgency when you're like, I got all this time to, to accomplish something, when in actuality, you really were on a one- to two-year deal. In actuality, you were on a, all right, come in and get this thing done right now deal. So I, I, I just uh, – I just think about the, the fact that players weren't put in the right position to succeed and how it always falls back on on coaching. And, you know, if you aren't worried about those those things, if you aren't worried about folks. Did we lose? Shows. So, y'all have a great y'all have a great afternoon. Great evening. Everybody come grab a seat with me and fuse you and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll catch y'all later. Appreciate it, Harold. Thank you uh, so much there, buddy. Uh, that's the first one. Interesting that's brought up Mark Few. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. In- interesting that he br- he brings up Chris Peterson. That is, if he were to leave, that is the the historical analog. Yeah, it is. He uh, Upper uh, Pacific Northwest, at an off-the-beaten-path place that he's been extremely successful at people have tried to get him out of there before he's never been interested and then all of a sudden he did leave he did go ahead and try it one time and was uber successful at washington that's fair to be, say that he was just going next door to you know boys to washington that would be fascinating yeah i mean I, people i think we would all be through the roof well absolutely then we got our guy it's tim texting in the tinkle for sprinkle which we always like he is, I, I know Tim. He loves Coach Sprinkle. He does, and look, there's a lot of a lot of potential with Sprinkle. Okay, there is. There is. That was just the first time I've heard someone say Mark Few. What was he saying? Pew for few. Fews pew. Fuse pew like oh, a pew in a church. Right. You know, come join me sitting in Fews pew. <laughs> we had people, but that works for Drew too. <laughs> Drew's me. <laughs> or Drew's crew, as somebody texted in. Uh what did somebody say? Something for Shaka? Flocka for Shaka? Something like that. I haven't heard that. Rocka with Shaka. That's what okay. Man. Texture said there's no way KP really thinks he has four more years, does he? No, but it doesn't matter if he does or not. 
I think what Harold was kind of drawing attention to is the fact that it, he seems to have behaved as if yeah. uh, he has all of the time in the world uh, to do this as just gradually as possible. Uh, how long of a leash would you have to have that you, this, you know, a year and a half into the job, you are just happy with playing hard the whole time? Like the the goal of coaching is to play hard, correctly. Yes. Hey, don't forget they fight. It's the it's the lack of urgency that we've highlighted a lot. I think is what Harold's talking about. You know where, you know he acted like he had all the time in the world, even if he didn't. You know he, that is exhibited by like his closest friend in media is Rick Bozich, and he said so much in his article a couple weeks ago where it was like, well, he knew that he wasn't gonna have these players on his roster going forward so last year he really didn't see as a it was a throwaway year basically it's like man what you know <laughs> like from the he was forced to play with these players which is not true all the way through the end of that statement and like man that's that's the problem that's the problem right there is that he had a different mind he had a different timeline in his mind than everybody else did ask ask yourself this is it really fighting if you're not doing the right things? Like, how can you how can you watch a team play and be like they are fighting if they're not doing anything right? So it's like if somebody's in a proper fighting stance and they're trained boxer, and then somebody comes in with a windmill arms. Is that what you're trying to say? No, here's here's what I'm trying to say. Oh, you didn't like that one? Well, it's funny, but <laughs> I, I, no. I loved it. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> I know what you're getting. No, that's what, I, that's what it still felt like right. me. Like, it was like not fighting. Like, uh. <laughs> you used to have a Tupperware three drawer thing, like a Rubbermaid, and you, three drawers, then you pull yeah. them out. I keep like pens in it because I'm a nerd. Well, <laughs> it was, I had gotten it out of the garage. It was sitting out on the back porch. My kids were playing in the backyard just a couple years ago. My son was really little at the time. I watched him take the drawer out. And then just crawl through this thing <laughs> just to emerge on the other side. And he really stuck with it for a while. Like he, he worked all the way through and he got to the other side. And he was, I watched him stand up afterwards, brush himself off and like wipe his brow. Like that's a hard day's work. Yeah. <laughs> doing an idiotic thing. And like, that's how, that's what I'm envisioning when you're like, they don't, I don't care that they're not doing anything right. They're not doing the right things, but they're fighting. Well, I'm sure basketball seems like a fight when you don't do the right things. But it's, it, this is just one, another one of those places where it's like you realize what he thinks about is crazy. There's no such thing as fighting wrong. That's, uh, yeah. By the way, I've spent plenty of time doing basically what your son did. So have I. Yeah. It's what it's, it means to be like a boy. It's exactly amazing right. any of us to make it to adulthood. It's ridiculous. Chris, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? What's up, guys? Y'all are killing me right now, man. I'm <laughs> 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 hey, so Real quick, two two little things. I had just one, but y'all kind of hit it. was talking about one of them, but the other thing, I was just sitting there thinking, <clears throat> you know, we're not. I'm not privileged enough to go watch him practice, and I don't know how many times y'all went to practice or whatever, but, you know, you sit there and watch, you know, I watch him on, uh, on TV, and, and it's like, what y'all say, it looks like they're lost, and it looks like they they have no direction whatsoever. So I'm wondering if, you know, anybody that goes to their practices, that you know, know anything. I listen to Maven and stuff, and he's been there a couple times. 
But is is that the way it is at practice with them? I mean, do they do they you know when the, like when the they they run or play and it doesn't go right, does he just uh, let keep going and go? Oh, okay, yeah, y'all get it. You know, I'm trying to tell him what to do. Well, you know, I'm sure y'all played sports enough. When when you don't do something right, the coach stops and run it again, run it again, run it again, and you run it again until you get it right. Just beat it in their heads until they figure out what they're doing is right. And it, to me, it just seems like when they get out there and he kills me on the sidelines, the, the standing up with the legs kind of spread with his arms on the side, and he, it looks like he wants to say something, but he never says anything. It's just the only thing I ever seen him do every now and then. He throws him arms like go. It kind of reminds me of Coach Cal when he was, you know, when he used to do that. When it was just get the ball, run and go. But it's it's just it, to me, it seems like when they're at practice, it, they just let whatever happens happens. And I, I don't worry. Hey, we'll get it. Don't, you'll get it. You'll figure it out. And my last uh, thing I wanted to ask y'all because I don't I don't hear listen to all this after game his press conference and all that. Does this? I mean, it seems like to me the guy is, is sitting here going right now like. I've got time. It's not really where he has no sense of urgency right now going like, you know, I'm going to lose my damn job. And I know if I was in that position, I'd do everything in the world to try to figure out what can I do to change this to make this a better product to make these guys understand. And if if you put, if you got to go get walk-ons or whatever, whatever you got to do to make this thing right. But it's just like, to me, he's like, ah, you know what? If if it happens, it happens. If not, then, you know, oh, well. I'll, I'll hang up and hear y'all's comment, man. Thanks, man. Go Cards. Yep, I uh, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, look, he's certainly not uh, given anyone uh, the impression uh, that he feels pressure or urgency like that. Uh, it, but I also think he's just committed to being that way, and that it would the he's contrarian in this way. If he has the sense that people want to see something from him, you are not getting it. Yeah. That, I 100% agree with that. Uh, now, as far as how practice goes, Plumber Chuck, hang in there, buddy. We'll come back to you. We can talk about that a little bit. I've not been to one. It's entirely secondhand. But we can talk about that a little bit. On the other side here, on the drive on at the end of the boat.